your skepticism is so important and your curiosity is so important and whatever you're exploring like i give you full permission to explore it Good morning, everybody. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Arcane Dames podcast. This is episode five on the King of Pentacles. Dang, we're just we're just rolling right through them. We are. <laughs> this is our second Pentacle cards in a row, which was weird, but... Yeah, I was thinking about it, and I feel like it's kind of nice because we can spend a lot of time talking about court cards and introducing that concept, which is a whole thing, totally. without having to also introduce a new suit. Totally. So, yes, this that's is exciting. our first court card we're discussing. So I was thinking that we could just start by talking a little bit about court cards in general. Yeah. I feel like court cards are, like, notoriously difficult to read. Mm-hmm. In the tarot, there are entire books that are just how to unpack the court, how to read court cards. Totally. Which I have one that I did reference for this episode because it was gifted to me, but I do reference it a decent amount because it can be difficult to read court cards for a couple of reasons. I think that one of the things that makes it really difficult is that back in Renaissance Italy, when tarot was created, the court and royal titles were really ubiquitous yeah and it's not something that we encounter in our everyday life anymore true so we don't i think have as natural of associations with them Mm -hmm. but also because the court is really these archetypical characters that fall in line with the four suits (laughs) getting distracted by the cat kind of show these different personalities of the four suits but oftentimes they will represent characteristics of the person that you're reading for and oftentimes they will represent people in the person's life totally and distinguishing between the two it was a very difficult thing for me to figure out how to do and sometimes i still have a hard time it's tough because you can't get that from the card that's entirely your intuition and if you receive further messages clairsentience on that so it takes a lot of tuning in it takes a lot of further meditation and practice and connecting to a higher knowledge than just studying the cards yeah but I agree that the court cards for me are the ones in the deck that stand out as identifiers of people Mm -hmm. I'm not drawing the justice card and being like this is about your mother yeah I'm drawing a queen and thinking this must be your mother yeah example truly i think that for me usually if the king of pentacles for example or a court card comes up in a reading if it's just one it's usually for me still talking about that person and it's Mm -hmm. giving me some insight into who they are and how they operate but if there's a few then i feel like there's a dynamic between a few people going on yes so that's like one way that i can distinguish that i guess sure i feel like something else that can make it really difficult to read the court cards is there's a queen and there's a king and 
what is the difference between a queen and a king other than gender mm-hmm. and this like hierarchy of gender that's inherent in old timey royalty but kind of bears no weight in certainly the way that I read you know yeah well that's interesting that you bring it up because I have not only here in front of me in my personal notes but in my overall belief and in the sources that I've vet to study tarot the queens and the kings to me are equals okay I've always read like that and I just use well first of all it doesn't even mean male and female to me because one there's more gender than that out Mm -hmm. there and two everybody has masculinity and femininity in them Mm -hmm. every single person has a mix of both they are qualities they are socially constructed qualities Mm -hmm. so each person possesses a certain amount of either so it can be a marker yes that the queen is associated to your mom the king maybe comes up as your dad right but it can also be for example if your mom has been having outbursts of anger towards you she might come through in that reading as the king right because anger is associated with being a masculine trait right so that's how I personally read them and a really good book which I've referenced on the podcast before that teaches that way is 90 days to learning the tarot by Lori Gifford that's cool it goes really into how the queen and the king are just equal counterpart I like that yeah that's really helpful I feel like I still do kind of see the four cards as consecutive and as ring even though like I don't agree obviously that men are superior to women but just because of the way that the cards are laid out I kind of do still see them that way yeah I really appreciate though in my intuitive night goddess tarot which I won't shut up about and I'm gonna talk about in every single episode just just accept it guys yes (laughs) in addition to reimagining the major arcana Lindsay Silverman reimagines the core because usually it it's four court cards which we probably should have said earlier <laughs> um whoops you know it's not like a a deck of playing cards where it's the three there's four in tarot and it's the page or the knave depending on if you're using rider weight or marseille rider weight is the page and then it's the knight and then it's the queen and the king. Lindsay Silverman in her deck does, instead of the page, it's the nymph, and then it's the warrior, mm-hmm. and then it's the queen, and then instead of king, it's spirit. So I have in front of me the card that's the spirit of pentacles. And I think that that's really interesting and and it gets at this idea of, you know, if you see the core as kind of progressing along like mastering an element, which I often Mm. do see them in that sense, like a page of pentacles would be somebody who's starting out a business project or is like new to building wealth that kind of thing whereas a king would be really established having this spirit of pentacles instead of the king really shows mastery 
on a spiritual level for me. Right. Which I find really helpful. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not gendered, but it kind of gives that step above. Totally. Whereas a queen is still very earthly. Mm-hmm. The spirit has this whole, like, yeah, other aspect to it. Yeah. I mean, that's why working with multiple decks is important because you might not get that if if you have a deck that just calls it a king and not a spirit. Absolutely. So. And that's why I love intuitively picking my decks because I know when those cards come out that there is a much more specific meaning than just the basic. Right. Yeah. That's for awesome. Sure. For sure. To dial back a little bit to the basic, like, court card meanings, mm-hmm. if you'd like. Absolutely. So, for every suit, which again are pentacles, swords, cups, and wands. Wands. (laughs) (laughs) I'm asleep. So, they have a page, a knight, a queen, a king, which you just said. How I typically associate them is the page will be somebody inexperienced, again, not in a bad way, but like you said, just maybe starting out with a new venture, learning. Like mm-hmm. they are literally feigning a new skill. Yeah. Could possibly be a little naive, a little, you know, susceptible, but it can also represent the very young person in the client's life that I'm reading for yes. a child, a younger sibling. Then the knights for me are the teens or young adults, if we're using it as an identifier. But a big association I have with knights too is that they bring in announcements or messages. Like with rider weight, traditional imagery they're riding in on a horse and something that's very relevant to me is some of the horses are full charging ahead and some of them are just trotting Mm -hmm. so that's always relevant knights come up a lot especially the knight of pentacles which is the suit we're discussing today when I have a client who's waiting to hear if they got accepted to a certain college Mm -hmm. or um, something of that nature a job offer right And the thing about knights, too, which is, interestingly enough, associated with their age group, I think they can be forward-moving and energetic or add an air of, like, instability and be a little bit erratic. That comes up for me in readings all the time like with the knights. Impulsivity, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because you your brain is still developing until you're 25 and mm-hmm. you have issues with impulse control and vetting a situation before you make a decision in the heat of the moment so the knights represent that a lot for me and then just to expand a tiny bit on how i personally read queens and kings i see them as equal counterparts but obviously like queens are matriarchal nurturing skilled caring stable and then the king will be the same thing in the patriarchal sense so maybe less nurturing and more of like a tough love Uh traditionally masculine maybe they deal with the money in the house while the queen fulfills the emotional and communicative needs. Yes. But again, it can really vary depending on the person you end up identifying, which the spread you're doing can also determine that um, when you have difficulty with it. And as always, the cards around it. If you pull a queen, but then it's surrounded by cards associated with masculine rules, planets... Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It also comes up when it's possible it's a male person incorporating femininity or struggling with incorporating femininity. Yeah. It also comes up when men are feeling emasculated, or if I pull a king 
to represent a woman depending on what kind of spread I'm using it could mean that she needs to tap into her more masculine traits like put her foot down yeah. be assertive like stand up for yourself yeah. is often how it turns up in my readings that's really helpful too because that makes the gender differences useful instead of oppressive un- yeah it's <laughs> gonna say annoying but oppressive is probably more accurate yeah instead of just like being antiquated and like yeah. putting us in a box you can actually use it to work through gendered things in a productive way which that's really exciting yeah i was saying to mel like right before we started recording so i'll just repeat myself that my advice for or like i guess my like technique for distinguishing between if a court card is a person versus the person that I'm reading for, I really just stare at the face of the person depicted in the card. And nine times out of 10, I get an answer from that. And it's usually pretty accurate, which is very unhelpful advice for anyone learning tarot. (laughs) Because that's not a real thing other than like, yeah, I'm, I'm using my own intuition. But even I'm thinking of a reading that I had a couple days ago where... I had the Knight of Pentacles actually in the position of the advice and it was right below the lover's card in the Ah. future position and I was you know based on the context of the rest of the reading I was staring at this lover's card and I was staring at the Knight of Pentacles and the two people depicted in those two cards they don't actually I mean they, they have some similar characteristics but they're not actually like a copy and paste of one another but when I was looking at it they looked exactly the same mm. and that's always an indicator to me that okay those are the same person like yeah if that makes sense sometimes I'll look at two characters in different cards and I'll be like oh those are the same person that happens for me all the time yeah and then it's like okay now I can think through that and so it turned out that the knight of coins was the person who I was reading for it was her husband Mm -hmm. and it was representing like him being really supportive of her which was just so fucking cute yeah and she actually like cried when I explained that and I was like this is a very adorable reading love that (laughs) yeah I always use the analogy that when you are developing your intuition it's like tuning to a radio station which you may have heard this before from someone else it's a popular way to explain it but the frequency is always there you just have to like turn the knob right Mm -hmm. and I fully believe that with divining those messages that just kind of come to you it's an inference it's an educated guess I mean Alyssa and I are both very rooted in reality so let's be honest here you're also picking up context clues you're also learning to read body language um learning you know certain emotional reactions like a lot of people do emote throughout receiving a tarot reading and that kind of steers you in the right way and then sometimes they don't and you're like am I doing a good job or do you hate me yeah can I I have something yeah (laughs) which by the way I really do prefer people to emote because here's my thing the cards just like anything else can be totally wrong human error Mm -hmm. I could be picking up on the wrong energy so if I'm doing a reading and it's going in the wrong direction I'd rather somebody tell me so that they get their money's worth and I can redirect it and start my timer over because I would yeah but sometimes people say nothing and give me nothing 
nothing until the very end and then they'll be like oh my god you were great and i'm like oh i wouldn't have known yeah (laughs) but um yeah sometimes people just don't show anything at all and it's tough as a reader because you're like wow am i fulfilling your needs today yeah or not i've had so many people too i'll get halfway through a reading and i'll i'll deliver what i felt was a very intuitive and powerful message and i'll have a blank face on the other side and I'll be like, is this resonating for you? Just because I want to make sure what I'm doing is helpful. And I've had people, multiple people, like several, five to ten, say, oh yeah, this is really helpful. You know, I was just told that I'm not supposed to say anything during tarot readings. Uh, And I'm not supposed to give you any information before you start. uh, And I'm like, I don't know who told you that. Right. And that's lovely for them if that's how they read. Right. But for me, if you have background information that you want to provide, it's only going to make my reading, my interpretation more specific. Yeah. Yeah, I have the same feeling about that because I understand where that comes from, right? They're testing us. They're yeah. seeing if we're a true psychic. <laughs> like, spoiler alert, I'm not. I'm yeah. just reading tarot cards. Yeah, like. truly. And it's like, I get it because they feel that if they give you an inch, you'll take a mile. And there is a stigma that spiritual practitioners and advisors like us are out to exploit you for your money. So I get that. However, like you said, you're interpreting the cards that are on the table. So if they can provide context, such as the gender of the person we're discussing, even if they don't tell me who it is, Mm -hmm. I can then use the right pronouns. I can use the right language around it. It just helps me communicate more clearly versus if they tell me nothing and I'm getting messages about a person in their life, I'm like, well, they do this and you saw them here and do you live with them maybe you live with them or you only see them at school or you only see them at work like i'm not you can give me that context and it's not going to sway your reading or sway my message it's just going to help my communication be clear exactly and then i'm also not going to be wasting your time dicking around being like maybe it's this maybe it's right. this. i can just tell you which one makes sense in this context right because yeah like let's say you have someone coming in do you even offer 15 minute readings no no you just do half hour all right well i offer 15 minute readings so that's a short time and it's short you could get a lot more out of it if i'm not having to explain to you i feel like this is your friend but if it's not a friend don't put it in that box it could be your sister it could be you know like Mm -hmm. i don't need to waste time doing that if you just oh it's my sister Mm mm-hmm Or if the Two of Cups in reverse comes out, for example, this is Mm. very specific, because it's talking about a quote-unquote breakup of sorts or, like, the end of a relationship. If you've been married for 15 years and you're happy in your marriage, it's not fucking talking about your husband. Right. (laughs) It's talking about, like, a friend or, like, the end of a significant relationship for you. I'm going to sit here and be so confused because I'm going to think that we're talking about a romantic breakup for like half the reading until you tell me, oh, we're actually talking about a friend. Like, just give... I hate when people don't tell me that they're married. Honestly. Like, just please just tell me if you're married or not when you come and do a reading. Honestly. It's like my one question, Mm -hmm. so I don't put my foot in my goddamn mouth. (laughs) You know, I have a question for you based on that. (laughs) 
When you um, have someone coming in, in your introduction, do you do a preliminary? Do you ask them anything? I ask them their name because I use their name to connect with their energy in the card. Yes. And then I explain how I do readings. I explain that I pull some cards to tell me about their energy and that I start with a spread and we can go from there. And then I say, the spread that we start with can be something that you want to talk about if you have a specific area of life that you want to look at or I can just see what comes up and a lot of people will be like I just want to see what comes up and some people will be like okay well this is what's going on in my life and go on like a five minute like rant about everything that they're dealing with and be like so TLDR I want to look a career or whatever yeah um and that can be really helpful and so I kind of leave it in their hands yeah if they want to give me any context or not nice but I definitely because usually what I do is I'll just be like is there anything specific you want to look at today and one time I had had somebody go yes but not say what it is yeah that actually happens to me extremely often I was like what they, they want to see if I can pick up on it I'm like why do you think I'm asking it's so like... funny it's interesting and because as I say every episode I have been reading myself for 10 years I've also been getting professional readings from others lo- even longer than that I mean mm-hmm. I started seeing mediums and psychics as a child Wow. so I know how to act in a reading and I've experienced many different types of practitioners so I know the etiquette I understand the questions they're asking and I forget that some people don't (laughs) I understand when I go to my psychic what he means when he's asking my birthday or like yeah I don't know how to explain it and I feel like too I just sometimes have quite a different ideology or understanding around what divination is for than I think some people because for me I'm never going into an appointment with a reader of any sort trying to test them or see if they can predict my future right I'm always going into it wanting advice and collaboration about how to work through what I'm working through I see readers when I'm at a point where I'm like I don't know where to go from here. Yes. Or the messages I'm getting from my own cards, I feel like I'm hitting a wall and I need someone's outside perspective. Yeah. And I go in totally wanting to collaborate and just have another spiritual professional's outlook on my life. A lot of people go to readers wanting you to just, like, predict their future. Yeah. (laughs) And that's just not how I see what we do at all oh yeah I have so many thoughts about that and also I just want to backpedal a little bit because I'm thinking about the fact that I just referenced practitioners I've seen as psychics it's advertised that way and it's used interchangeably often but I do agree with Alyssa while people may think I'm a psychic I don't really like (laughs) I don't know if anybody is a psychic I almost feel like that exists only in Hollywood (laughs) do you know what I mean we are readers or spiritual advisors right etc so i do want to make that clear if anyone's confused but also i totally agree i have never walked into a session wanting someone to tell me my future 
I go to my trusted advisors when I want to know what's going on right now, when I'm stuck and lost and facing blockages right now, because they're picking out the blockages. They, they are giving me the roadmap to get to my future. Exactly. Why do I care about what the future is if I don't know how to get there? Literally. Like, <laughs> that is... Like, you can say that again. Yeah, <laughs> That, like, that is so true. That is so real. Yeah. <laughs> and also something that I remembered while you were just speaking is I can also understand when I see a tarot reader. Because, okay, how I visit spiritual advisors as a client, I do have one trusted tarot reader. His name is Timothy. He owns Pentagram in Salem. I do not live in Salem when I'm not in Salem I speak with him over the phone I've gone to him for years and he will be my once or twice a year big life move person and he's always a hundred percent accurate like I mean the first time I ever saw him like he knew that I was gay without me identifying it things like that he knew what my major in college was without me identifying it he is just mind-blowingly accurate However, I also love to go to other readers and just experience what they have for me. I've been to another reader that had certain details very, very wrong. And that doesn't mean I wrote off the whole reading. It doesn't mean I threw away everything she had to say. Certain details did not apply to me. She was referencing my romantic partner as a man. She was saying a breakup was coming when I was years into a healthy relationship, things like that. But the other half of the reading was totally on point and accurate. So I also give grace where grace is due. I understand that there's still messages to pick out and take away from that reading where I feel like some people who go in with the mindset of testing you, if you get one thing wrong, they devalue everything you have to say. And it's really a shame because we can still help them. I mean, look at last week's episode. We were saying the two of pentacles is a minor detail. Yeah. Or like the king of pentacles versus the queen of the pentacles right. could be a minor detail or confusion about gendered topics right why would you let that ruin your whole message truly truly absolutely i agree i had a similar experience i think with a reader i went and saw she brands herself as a psychic and a, a psychic medium i guess which I was like, oh, that's cool. And I guess I was, and an empath. And I was like, which I'm like, who isn't an empath? But I know, <laughs> I know, but I do feel like that's like a whole topic. Yeah. But I do feel like I, cause I think about this topic a lot. A lot of people, when they say empath, they literally just mean that they have empathy. And I'm like, and I'm like you should. Thank God. Yeah. Like, truly. But then also, her definition of empath was that she feels in her body what you feel in your body. Uh, so she literally was like, I'm feeling, like, stomach pain. Mm-hmm. Like, and things like that, which is, is really cool and is a different thing mm-hmm. from just having empathy. But the terms get so muddied and so many people are like, yeah, I'm an empath. I just feel everyone's emotions all the time. And it's like, babe, you just, you're just, tra- you just, you're just traumatized. You just grew up having to, like, anticipate your parents emotions and now you do that with everyone yeah um, <laughs> relate <laughs> but um oh my god also this is this is such a tangent i for the first time recently 
I had somebody walk in to get a reading and they sat down and I had just grounded and centered and cleared and shielded and done all that shit and she sat down and I felt such heavy anxiety on my chest mm. and it was the first time anything like that had ever mm. happened to me and then I pull, did pull this red obviously the nine of swords came out this girl Ouch. was anxious and so I said that and she nodded and I was like okay I just have to tell you yes there's anxiety in this spread but I feel it so heavy yeah. I, I'm, I feel like I want to shake and I feel like it's on my chest and she's like that's exactly how I feel and it was the oh. coolest thing that ever happened to me yeah wow <laughs> that's amazing yeah that was dope anyway sorry that was a huge tangent because I was talking about the psychic that I saw I feel like I didn't really understand that her readings were very heavily mediumship based so I she see. always connected with one of your ancestors mm -hmm. in every single reading she just gets like one person and that's who she talks to the whole reading mm -hmm. which she connected with my grandfather and the way that I felt about the reading was like I don't think it was inaccurate I do think that she has those gifts but I don't go to my parents for advice in my life mm -hmm. and if my grandfather were alive, I don't think I would necessarily call him up and be like, what do you think I should do right now? Right. So I don't know why I would need a medium to ask my grandpa what I should be doing. Yes. Is what I'm trying to say there. Yes. And it's not that, you know, it wasn't... It was an emotional reading, and when she was saying details about him, I teared up, and I, you know, that's always an emotional thing to, like, feel like you're having contact with a deceased loved one, but I was the actual advice I got I wanted real concrete advice on what to do specifically with my career in that moment yeah and the advice that I got she told me that he was saying that I could do it if I just focused yeah and I'm like what does that mean and yeah. how does that help me right now yeah so definitely when you're getting professional readings some people's methods just aren't gonna vibe with you and some people's like worldview just isn't gonna be helpful to you or be what you need and that doesn't mean that their gifts aren't real and that their readings aren't real it just means that that wasn't what you needed in that moment right that's also so true there are readers that i know that channel certain spirits or deities and it's like if you are getting a message from something i don't even believe in then of course it's not going to resonate with me for example exactly it doesn't mean it's not real to them it doesn't mean it's not valid because of course everybody believes in different higher powers or mm -hmm. none at all mm -hmm. that's okay absolutely but you might need to work a little harder to find your special match i mean i'm just gonna use this as an example because it's so widely accessible and known but like long island medium talks a lot i've watched it whatever like i liked it when i was younger she talks a lot about god she talks a lot mm -hmm. about heaven mm -hmm. if you don't believe in heaven and a christian god right. because that's her perspective uh that's not gonna mean anything to you truly but that but then again it's up to you to determine if you can plate that and still receive the messages she may have for you exactly for example I, no i i 100 <laughs> agree and i think yeah. that that's a super useful example is that you know if somebody were talking to me about heaven i i would have a really hard time figuring out how that resonated for me right but she is a medium and she's so she still like pulls messages through for people's past loved ones and things like that that could still resonate for you yeah i love it i love it too and i do think that that's like all very 
real and helpful if you're getting into this stuff. And I feel like a lot of people talk about spirituality like there's this unspoken hegemony of mm. everybody believes this or like mm. everybody knows that this is true. And it's like, no, people don't all believe the same shit. Not only is that okay, but I would go as far to say that that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't think that we all should be believing the exact same thing and that we all should have the exact same spiritual framework. Stay open-minded. You know, I'm going to go off for a second, call it another tangent if you will, but I really want to drive this home with our listeners. That's the problem for me with a lot of new age resources, and I am going to specifically say books. Yes! So I'm currently reading Hex Twisting Counter Magic Spells for the Irritated Witch by Diana Rachel. And there is a lot of useful information that I'm pulling from the book, and I'm enjoying it, Mm -hmm. and it's entertaining. Mm -hmm. However, she talks about gins, the fae, and demons, and I don't believe in any of that. And the way in which she writes is that those objectively exist no matter what faith you're from. Yes. And that bothers me. And that's why new witches get involved into shit that not only doesn't belong to them, but that can actually harm them because they're trying to channel, connect with, or banish things that aren't even bothering them in the first place. My understanding is that the Fae are from an Irish ideology. Is that your understanding? Or you don't really really know anything about them? I don't really know. And demons are rooted in Catholicism. In order to believe in a demon, you have to believe in the devil. I don't believe in the devil, so I don't believe that my house is going to get a demonic infestation correct like yeah that's just me yeah (laughs) for sure or or books it happens with gods and goddesses too and and this is more Mm -hmm. the love and light side if you walk into a metaphysical shop and pick a book off the shelf they will reference hecate and diana the moon goddess is that even the moon goddess i don't know but like but that's my thing i don't know because i'm not part of those right walks of faith yeah i just you Uh, it's conflicting ideologies the same book will preach an african god and a celtic god and expect every witch which is such a general term to believe in both and i'm like what are you talking about it doesn't make any sense yeah i so this is just like this cracked me up i run the social media for the metaphysical shop that i work at and i posted a tiktok that i was in and that's getting like a little bit of attention and i was the only person in it and somebody commented on it like the other day and they were like loki told me that he wants to work with you (laughs) yep and i was like what and they were like i don't know if you'd be into that or not but he really wants to work with you and i'm just like it's bad you why are you assuming i work with deities believe in loki it's not a precursor to being a witch or a spiritualist it's very it's it's so wicca it is so wicca it's so wicca and wicca's so ubiquitous in new age too and i feel like people don't understand that is like when you pick up a book that just says witchcraft on 
it, nine out of ten times it's Wicca. Yeah. And I, and that pisses me off because people who are teaching Wicca specifically act like that's the only kind of witchcraft, and it's then they true. write books like it's the only kind of witchcraft. And what cracks me up is they go the old way, the old religion, and it's like Wicca has existed for barely a hundred years. Wicca's so new. It's so new. Wicca's a, a neo-pagan religion. Right. I feel like this is probably just helpful context. Paganism yeah. is a is a very old religion from Europe and it was it was practiced all around Europe in very different ways, right? Because people were living in their small communities, living off the land, and it was really based around things like grain goddesses and weather gods and goddesses and ceremonies that had to do with the seasons and things like that. And then, you know, Christianity came through and kind of wiped out paganism more or less but also incorporated a lot of paganism right to to convince people to convert but then we had the resurgence of kind of mysticism and wicca was created pulling some stuff from paganism but also just pulling a lot of shit from nowhere or misappropriating other cultures and just saying that it was law and now Wicca is so ubiquitous, people act like things that are so distinctly Wiccan, like... The threefold law. The threefold law, having the four elements represented on an altar, casting a circle. Mm-hmm. Like, these are all prerequisites to doing magic, and they're not. They're not. At all. I've worked my best magic on the fly. No ceremonial aspect to it. You don't need an altar. You don't... And don't get me wrong. I have an altar. Mm -hmm. I have places for ceremony in my practice. I celebrate the Sabbaths. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of overall pagan beliefs. But it's not to say that everyone should or that they're not rooted in a lot of problematic history. Right. And you have to have a genuine understanding of where it all comes from, how it's been convoluted and perverted yeah. from, you know, long, long time ago to 2022. Yeah. And what it means today because it's it's not what it's claiming to be. For sure. And like my whole thing is be curious and be skeptical and don't let anybody tell you that you're not allowed to be either of those things because I feel like you know I work at a metaphysical shop I am pretty entrenched in my local spiritual community for that reason yes you know I have my co-workers and I also have a lot of regulars that I talk about spiritual things with on a regular basis and a lot of people are going to make you feel like there's no space for you to have an opinion and there's no space for you to question things because it just is the way that it is and make you feel stupid if you don't believe what they believe. Don't let that get to you because your skepticism is so important and your curiosity is so important and whatever you're exploring, like, I give you full permission to explore it. Read every book that you are drawn to. If you, even, like, when we're talking about cultural appropriation and things like that, like, if you're really curious and you want to learn about another culture, go for it. Yes. Knowledge is never a bad thing, and you're not doing anything wrong by reading about the practices of another culture. But if you're taking a step from learning to practicing you better know what the fuck you're talking about right and i think that that's where the disconnect is for a lot 
lot of people. It totally is. And in fact, I would highly encourage that, you know, and this message is especially tailored to fellow white practitioners. Learn about other cultures. You can read books about hoodoo, mm-hmm. voodoo, santeria, like anything. Right. But knowing about it does not equal practicing it. Yes. Knowing about it will actually help you avoid appropriating it and understand things that Wicca has repackaged as its own when they've really been stolen. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's just going to give you a much more broad and deep understanding of spirituality and cultural blending slash appropriation and where those things mix in me and how spirituality functions in our in our big diverse messy confusing world i think it's so important to just keep an open mind and and just explore without succumbing to that pressure that you need to be an authority on things because i think that so many people feel like well people who practice witchcraft talk about it so confidently and like they know so that's how i should talk about it and it's like don't do that no and you don't Don't need to be a teacher no one needs to be a teacher and even if you are a teacher you should still be a student exactly and that's why i think that that's one of the things that mel and I bonded so quickly over and one of the things that like made us want to work together is that we both are just on the exact same page that yes we have a lot of knowledge and we are excited to share it with people but neither of us are gonna get on here and put up a front that we're something that we're not and act like we know everything like we are learning even as we do this podcast we're doing research for every single episode making sure that we give you guys the most accurate history and the best content that we can and just continuing to explore with you it's not us talking at you and pretending that we know everything and a lot of freaking spiritual practitioners do that a lot of of new age teachers online do that and it's it's really frustrating it is it's scary it's dangerous because it indoctrinates new practitioners and that made me remember we had a lovely review left by one of you guys about or asking us rather to start talking about tarot from an african and caribbean perspective Mm -hmm. we haven't done that yet because we don't have the knowledge on it plain and simple absolutely i wouldn't dare speak on something unless i know exactly what i'm saying and that i'm saying it in a respectful truthful way yeah and opening that conversation to people who genuinely have the experience yeah because it's not my place so so excited to one learn more Two, hopefully invite on guests that can enrich our experience because Alyssa and I are limited to what we've been exposed to Mm -hmm. there's there's many other worlds out there which we've said before so that's just another example of being careful about the difference between acknowledging and trying to teach something yeah I think that I would much rather teach people that it's okay to not know things and that it's okay to say, hey, this is out of my wheelhouse and that it's admirable to say what you know and and acknowledge your limitations than to teach them information that is inaccurate and position myself as some kind of authority 
or, or like omnipotent fucking yeah being yeah which so many so many people who i've come across who teach online really really position themselves as though they know everything and it's 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 so wild. bad yeah. it, it's so yeah. problematic it's, it's it's the worst thing i i think about all of this and and i think it's the reason spirituality gets a bad rap yes honestly period yeah you couldn't be more right <laughs> Um, that being said, <laughs> do you want to talk about the King of Pentacles? Oh my God, is that why we're here? What? <laughs> so, <laughs> I will kick it off with my meaning and my interpretation of the King of Pence. Perfect. Or coins <laughs> or discs. Pence, as I <laughs> affectionately call him. <laughs> no, please, I cannot be writing out all those syllables in my notes. The King of Pentacles, to me, obviously we've got abundance and prosperity. Obviously, those are two big keywords. But I also get security in the way of having built a safe home. Ambition, kindness, patriarchal, which I said before, referencing to kings protective like a protective parent figure could also be a great businessman or if he's both maybe it's someone who's providing for you Mm -hmm. and in like a interpersonal relationship sense it also brings up for me like reliability and sensuality where reversed i pretty much have the direct opposite if i get this card reversed it can mean greed it can mean you're too materialistic it can mean you've been wasteful you've been a chauvinist pig Mm -hmm. (laughs) you've made some bad money decisions maybe it's gambling or just excessive spending exploitation and possession yes so I also made some bullet points about the type of people usually that this card will represent if I pull it for a client. And often it is a controlling father or boyfriend. Yes. Even if it's upright instead of reversed, because sometimes men are known to take their protective emotions too far. Mm-hmm. They come from a good place inside, but they act on it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Especially fathers with daughters. Yeah. Not excusing the behavior, just explaining yeah. it. Yeah. It has come up actually very recently for me as a dad with a daughter going away to college Mm -hmm. being afraid of her out on her own afraid of her taking on her own autonomy afraid of what she might be exposed to and Mm -hmm. if she can protect herself which again sometimes comes from a really good place it's just how you express it that becomes an issue yeah for sure and very very recently just a short little client story that I have. I was working an event and I did a reading for this girl and the King of Pentacles reversed came up with the Four of Cups and where it was in the spread and what we were talking about, it basically brought up that her boyfriend has been greedy specifically in bed. Ooh. Like not reciprocal, like (laughs) if you know what I mean. And it it was giving an air with the Four of Cups of just not being appreciative for the girl he had. Yeah. So that's an example of the type of like toxic masculine energy this card can That portray. is so fun. Yeah. That is so fun. <laughs> I fucking love tarot. Yes. <laughs> I mean, amazing, amazing. And I should have said this first, but I also have the rider weight definition here because I do think it's a good idea for us to touch on. Rider Waite guidebook says, King of Pentacles, the figure calls for no special description. 
which is funny because he's just an average looking guy. <laughs> the face is rather dark, suggesting also courage, but somewhat lethargic in tendency. The bull's head should be noted as a recurrent symbol on his throne. And Alyssa and I have tons of decks. I, I mean, I see that often represented. The sign of this suit is represented throughout as engraved or blazoned with the pentagram, typifying the correspondence of the four elements in human nature and that by which they may be governed, meaning earth, air, fire, water, and spirit is typically what a pentagram represents. Divinatory meanings, valor, realizing intelligence, business and normal intellectual aptitude, sometimes mathematical gifts, which is interesting because we're talking about money, Yeah. Um, and attainments yeah. of this kind, success in these paths, reversed, vice, so that can be like struggling with gambling or spending, mm -hmm. weakness, ugliness, perversity, corruption, and peril. Yeah. Which, of course, when you get to a place of power, corruption is a conversation we need to have. Absolutely. So that's interesting for a king in general. I like that Rider Waite definition. I like that one. We don't always like them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's nice to see. <laughs> when I see the King of Pentacles, I'm definitely thinking about wealth and power. I'm thinking of someone who's really successful in their career and has gotten to a point where not only are they very financially well off, but they're also like quite respected in their field. I also feel like this is somebody who brings a lot of stability. So whether it's representing client that I'm reading for, or it's representing someone in their life it's a person who brings a lot of material and financial stability to the situation in a romantic relationship oftentimes it's someone who is being a provider like a breadwinner situation or even I've had it come up as a romantic partner who is showering you with gifts totally like, it gives me sugar daddy vibes <laughs> <laughs> can I have some of those yeah truly <laughs> If anyone wants to be my sugar parent, I, I don't discriminate. Um, be into that. <laughs> and then I also, I see it as very much prioritizing practicality over emotion. True. And you can see that in the traditional definitions when you think about this association of maybe some corruption or being a little controlling. It's very not necessarily concerned with how they're feeling or how you're feeling, but much more concerned with the situation and what's happening and how they can like maybe have control over that. I do see... I do often see this card as a controlling masculine figure. I'm staring really primarily at my Tattoo Tarot Ink and Intuition depiction because this deck in particular, I really vibe with this King of Coins and I've had it come out. It's the King of Coins because it's Marseille. I've had it come out a few times to represent people's romantic partners in particular. I feel like I read for a lot of straight women. That's just yeah. like, that's a lot of my client base. And so this comes out to represent a partner who's very stable but who also maybe a little bit of like toxic masculinity definitely not the most emotionally receptive partner and really somebody who leans into like those traditional gender roles mm -hmm. but you know maybe also pays for a lot of stuff which is cool and we like that um, <laughs> also the king of pentacles is associated with taurus mm -hmm. which makes sense because it's very grounded and stable, right? It also has these associations with pleasure and, like, nice things. Taurus loves spending money on things that they enjoy, and I think that the King of Pentacles is 
someone who who does like to spend their money and who does like to kind of show their status through their money Mm. and then i also see the association with taurus in the sense that i was reading a description of rider weight in one of my actually a couple descriptions mentioned this but in the in the basic rider weight imagery he has one leg sticking out of his like robe or whatever and it's an armored leg so there's this kind of indication that it's a very stable and grounded person you know it's not like it's a fire sign or anything and they're gonna be like a hothead and fly off the cuff but if they need to protect what's theirs they will and so, and that's very Taurus, right? It's like this bull energy of, of of being willing to like fight for what they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so the King of Pentacles, and, and we talked about that already, right? It has this like protective association with it as well. I associate the armored leg sticking out as like the tie the king will still have to being a knight. Like, ooh, like he will pull out the fight if it's necessary yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. because it is it's it's a very almost like domineering card yeah that's a good word yeah that's a good word it's a very Im- imposed power yes and like resting the pentacle on his lap eyes closed it's like yeah. i'm here you can't touch it yeah you can look but you can't touch mm-hmm. cry about it that's that's what i'm hearing <laughs> cry about it i won't notice i don't feel anything right <laughs> holy shit that's awesome and i do see it as well you know i talked about before oftentimes i see the court cards as kind of progressing in your mastery of an element so if it's coming out for a person i oftentimes see them as somebody who's very connected to earth energy and has like worked very hard to get where they are yeah yeah something that might be specific to me is oftentimes in readings the knights will represent a romantic suitor or interest and the kings will represent a current partner interesting i do see that though yeah yeah and like obviously the suit of cups is the most clearly associated with like a romantic partner because it's the suit of emotions and love but pentacles do come out quite often to represent romantic interests right um and a lot of the times the king of coins will be somebody that they've been with for a long time yeah sorry that just i'm gonna interrupt really yeah, quick and <laughs> sparked something when i was in a little cute polyamorous situation <laughs> situationship my reader had a queen of pentacles and a queen of cups and like that came up to him as two partners Mm -hmm. so totally because cups are so clearly love emotion mushy feelings yeah but pentacles are not just money which i feel like a lot of people often think especially Mm -hmm. since they're sometimes called coins it's also establishing a home so like in a poly dynamic you may have a main partner who's like wife right and then like girlfriend yeah so that's super super interesting for sure that makes a lot of sense yeah i i read for a polyamorous client recently she was great she came in and she just told me right off the bat and kind of like explained the different situations that she had going on and then wanted to like do readings about each of them and it, it was really fun and cool 
I love that. Yeah. She was great. I love reading. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then for me, as far as reversed goes for the King of Pentacles, I feel like it's very similar to what Mel said. I get really materialistic, you know, kind of morally corrupt in the sense that you care more about money than anything else and are willing to kind of do whatever yeah. to have success. I definitely see the controlling aspect. I mean, the King of Coins and the King of Wands for me come up in reverse as like bad boyfriends or like shitty husbands or like whatever the situation. Yeah. I mean, so like swords and cups in reverse can be that too in their own ways, but oftentimes it's it's wands and coins because even if it's not a particular shitty husband I also have it come up in reverse sometimes when women are attracted to men who are douchey and like throw their money around and that comes up a lot and I'll be like you really like this kind of person and they'll be like yeah I do <laughs> totally toxic cycle yeah <laughs> and it's like you know that that's not Good. gonna work right <laughs> like and they're like yes but I cannot stop <laughs> love that for them it's funny what you said about like the wands and swords can represent a bad partner mm-hmm. i think when it's wands and swords it's more so either anger issues mm-hmm. verbal possible abuse swords is super verbal yeah. and like mental and so in the mental sense manipulation mm-hmm. versus pentacles would be more overt more yes. god forbid physical physical yeah or also like financial abuse right. is a right. huge thing and cups reversed for me like as a king specifically it could be like very emotionally manipulative yeah and especially not to like put people in boxes but cancer men and pisces men at their worst can be so fucking emotionally manipulative mind games yeah mind games Mm -hmm. ugh (laughs) not to put people in boxes (laughs) but cancer and Pisces men (laughs) here's a wooden box I'm going to (laughs) nail it shut you're so right though yeah that's the thing about astrology like i don't think that any of us can be put in the box of one sign or anything like that but every single sign in the zodiac has good aspects and bad aspects oh yeah and every single sign has things that people tend to fall into and have to work through that's why i say at its worst that's what it can look like or if you're aware of those things and you like heal yourself emotionally you're not going to be like that so but not everyone does that so true if you're listening go to therapy yeah i don't know who you are <laughs> you're listening, go to therapy. i don't know who you are i don't know what you do you need therapy i think everyone needs therapy <laughs> if, you, if you um are interested in listening to me and mel talk you probably need therapy okay that's so true <laughs> If you relate to us on any level. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you relate to me, welcome, and I'm sorry. Now that I feel like we've thoroughly unpacked the King of Pentacles, hopefully that was a, a helpful understanding for you all. I think we can go ahead and pull our card for next week. So exciting, guys. It is a rainy, cool September morning. I got us pumpkin coffee before we started to record, and I'm here with the Halloween tarot. Yes! (laughs) And these cards are small enough for my tiny hands. They're 
small enough for a baby to shuffle, one might argue. <laughs> Which, to me, is normal size. <laughs> Thank you very much. The cat on the back of these cards looks like Eclipse. Aww. So. It also looks like the little demon from, um, fuck, that Abby Jacobson cartoon. Disenchantment. But they're so little. They're like playing cards. Every time I have to shuffle playing cards, I shuffle them like like I've been playing a game with my friends. I shuffle it like a tarot deck, and I'm like, why am I? This is not how people shuffle. Oh, I do that. But like I, I don't know. It's just second nature, and it's the only way I like know how to shuffle. <laughs> Six of Cups. Ooh. Okay, that's fun. I'm excited about that. Yes. Which, by the way, the Halloween tarot, the cups are ghosts, so it's Six of Ghosts. Six of Cups, our first cup card. No, we did Nine of Cups. Oh my god, our second cup card. (laughs) (laughs) That's so embarrassing. I like, I think it's wild that we keep ping pong in between the same two suits. I I know. The Six of Cups is a a fun card. It is. It's so cute. It is really cute. With the little ghosties. All right, so tune in next week. We'll be talking about the Six of Cups. Absolutely. We do have a couple of things that we want to update you guys on first of all we've started a mailing list so if you go to the link tree in the description of this episode the first link on there is an option to get on our mailing list if that's something you're interested in we aren't gonna like spam you or anything crazy like that but we can let you know when a new episode's coming out and let you know about any exciting projects or deals on readings that Mel and I might be running if you would be into that so that's an option if you are looking to stay updated with us We also both have affiliate links with bookshop.org, which bookshop is really cool because I think I speak for both of us when I say we're not really into the whole Amazon thing. Yeah. Bookshop is a really great alternative to get your books through a company that supports small in-person bookstores. They source their books through actual local bookstores and some of the revenue goes to local bookstores right um so it's a really good way to support small businesses while still being able to order online it might be 50 cents or a dollar more expensive than amazon but it's nothing crazy and they are affiliate links so mel and i get a little bit of a kickback which is really nice and really helps us be able to keep making content and the other thing that's really nice is if you click on our affiliate links we have lists of all of our books and decks so you can find the exact books and decks that we're referencing in the podcast if you're interested in checking those out. Right. And the last thing that we want to say is we would really appreciate any feedback or comments that you guys would want to leave about the podcast in the reviews um, on whatever platform that you're listening to. It helps boost us a little bit and it also really helps us make sure that we're creating a podcast that you can really get something out of. Totally. And also you can leave us requests or suggestions and We take them all very seriously. We're happy to connect with you guys, so please do. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're really excited. We like every time a new review pops up, we get really hype and like screenshot it and send it to each other. Right. (laughs) And talk about how we can like incorporate it if there's something to incorporate. Fully. (laughs) So thank you guys so much for being here. We can't wait to talk to you next week. Yes, have a wonderful week and we will see you next Tuesday for the Six of Cups. Woo!